What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hi, my name is Tyler Fornis, and I am the co-host of The Good, The Bad, and The Hunky here on the Voice Wrestling Podcasting Network. Every week, my co-host Fred Moreland and I discuss all the happenings of all elite wrestling and everything going on in the universe of Tony Khan. We talk about Dynamite, we talk about Rampage, and we will talk about Collision when the time comes as well, along with all the appearances outside of AEW from all the best talents in all elite wrestling. This is one of the more cohesive wrestling companies in the entire world, and we discuss every intricacy about it, including the unique booking of Tony Khan that is both a huge positive and a major detriment. Check us out every single Thursday here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. professional wrestling well we like professional wrestling too this is shake them ropes for the last week in november 2022 i am jeff hawkins along with chris novembrino i am rested and ready to go after a trip to vegas and a trip back to scottsdale arizona chris you'll be happy to know i uh i won some money in vegas <laughs> I fell in, me, it I, doesn't help me in the slightest talking i know it doesn't help you but uh, you know you might be happy for me for once that might be something you like Mm. <laughs> we can try again another day. We can try again another day. Uh, they have this ridiculous machine. Uh, it's it's a it's a solo bubble craps machine, where it's like a small tube with two dice and a computer console. Grinded my way to a few hundred bucks first day. Put a bet on a football game that came through. I I almost got two thousand dollars worth of profit in my Vegas trip. I was very happy about that. Plus Virginia one. But uh yes, hope everybody had fun and uh at, or at least had a relaxing Thanksgiving. We have a lot of wrestling to discuss because while I was in Vegas, the reason we recorded last week early, full gear 2022 happened, big AEW pay-per-view full of monumental type things. And also, we are recording this about oh, 30 minutes or so after Survivor Series War Games ended. Both pretty good pieces of business, so excited to talk about this. Uh, quick plug, we are sponsored this week by HelloFresh. 
Chris will uh, wax poetic about them in a moment. Yeah, I cannot wait to tell you all more <laughs> about HelloFresh. In just a spell, relax, relax. It's coming. It's coming. We've got a little bit of show to get to, and then we're going to talk about HelloFresh. Uh, light news segment this week. Randy Orton uh, it was revealed he had back fusion surgery. And his timetable to come back is unknown at this time, but obviously a more serious surgery uh, than once predicted. Uh, I would assume that this is also quote unquote career threatening, but um, yeah, it uh, looks like Randy Orton will be out for possibly longer than we thought. I mean, I, I can see him coming back at rumble and then this being a thing like, Oh, he had back fusion surgery six months ago and that's why he's been out for so long but i was under the assumption that he was resting it before he needed the surgery and then they had the surgery but uh yeah uh this uh this uh puts a little bit of a wrinkle in some plans i would think chris yeah potentially but i mean i remember being on the microphone just a couple of weeks ago and having some takes on kevin owens that proved to not bear fruit so i who knows yeah, and uh, the only other piece of news, a couple of name changes for current talent in there, although it looks like they've already reneged on one of those. Mia Yim was no, they were trying to get over that Meechan name, and then I guess somebody told them, hey, that means crazy in Korean. Might not be the best idea. Might be a little misogynist to label a woman crazy. So that now they're just going to, I think they're just going to make a nickname. It's now going to be Meechan Mia Yim. And then Sarah Logan has decided to call herself Valhalla. Yes. Which makes the whole Valhalla's coming opening thing strange. <laughs> See, my joke was, is that because she kills the audience every time she comes out? Um, but yeah, uh, we're going deep and heavy into the Norse mythology. Make your own jokes as they will. That's all I have for the are, are we going deep and heavy into it, or are we doing the most shallow takes <laughs> of Norse mythology we possibly can, Jeffrey? That's pretty much a good point. I, I will renege the point because Chris has made a better point. See how that works? Um, <laughs> I tip my cap to you, sir, and I'm happy for you. For the how about we call time. somebody Thor? <laughs> I believe one of their finishers is called the Ragnarok. Like, yeah, oh, they're it? not. I think so. Oh my god! So, so basically, there's only five pieces of Nordic mythology we know. It's Odin, Loki, Thor, Valhalla, and Ragnarok. That's it. That's the list. <laughs> Maybe Freya's Freya's might be in the mix there. <laughs> that might be going a little bit too deep into the catalog. Uh, of hundreds of year old Nordic mythology. <laughs> oh, do we want to do the read now, or do we want to do something first and then do a read? No, um, we, we can do it. We can. Do I, it. I think it's a little bit too early to do. That okay, we are, make them wait a little bit more. I we, love will. It. we will. We yeah, will. But uh, lazy, lazy river. Let's start with the ice cold takes, freezing, if you will. A full gear 2022. I thought mostly a good show. I, I but Chris, I liked your tweet on it a lot. Um, a, a whole lot because it got me thinking uh, about quite a lot of things. And uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna cede the floor to you to say your own point, and then I'm gonna go into it a little bit more. Absolutely. Uh, look, uh, watching this show. I, I mean, now it's it's been a minute, so I have to kind of like think back but my general vibe watching this show is that it was a very watchable and enjoyable pay-per-view um i mean there were a few low lights or whatever in terms of in-ring action but by and large 
totally fine, totally passable pay-per-view from uh, AEW. Uh, you know, good, good, good pay-per-view. Uh, the issue for me came at the end of most of these matches where these finishes were massively overbooked. They were Rube Goldberg devices to get to something. And the Rube Goldberg devices didn't offer increased dividends um, without jumping across the entire card here. Uh, I, I guess the one that really stands out to me is the Jamie Hader belting thing, which yes. is exacerbated on dynamite this week. So I'm going to use that before we talk about the rest of the card and then we can just break into it. So the, the Tony storm, Jamie Hader match solid match between storm and Hader, like, you know, good stuff. But then Britt Baker comes down and the match, you know, now becomes focused on will she or won't she with Britt Baker. You know, is Britt Baker going to help Jamie Hayter as a heel win the title to the delight of this crowd? And, and I, one thing I will definitely say about this show that was a negative is this crowd. This crowd is not helping uh, by cheering all of the heels. As I was people. frustrated by that in this yeah. match. I, oh, I thought this that, match but, I, but I made it a condemnation of the, of the company. Yeah, because the crowd is the crowd is cheering Brit pulling the, the turnbuckle and the heels cheating to win the title because, oh, wouldn't it be so cool to have somebody new on top and everybody needs a trophy. And it was just I don't mind a few people cheering for heels. I don't. But when the entire crowd are cheering against your baby faces, yeah, this is this is cowardly. And, and, and let me explain why. It was cowardly because you booked yourself into a corner with Storm and Hater. And the move here, if you want to belt Hater here, and I think that was the right move. Like the, the right outcome to this match is Hater should have won. They needed to commit to a double turn. And if you want to have Britt Baker involved in that, where Britt Baker makes the save, uh, let, let's say Tony Storm takes a page out of our boy Pax playbook and she wants the hammer now. Now it's hammer time for Tony Storm. You can have Britt Baker come out and take the hammer out of Tony Storm's hand, where she gives a hand, so to speak, to Jamie Hayter so that Jamie Hayter can win on her own merits. The move here should have been a double turn, but they didn't want to do that. They, they like, split the difference on it. They came up with this Rube Goldberg device, and now it's Britt Baker being the queen maker, it literally saying it's Jamie's time before she affects the outcome such that it becomes Jamie's time. I, yeah. I didn't think that this was a good value added moment for Jamie Hayter. And I thought it was even more womp womp when they announced on Wednesday that retroactively, because of what happened with Thunder Rosa, in fact, Tony Storm the whole time was, in fact, really a real champion, not an interim champion. <laughs> Ooby yeah, I dooby. Guess, I guess Ooby they're done. Yeah, I guess they're done with Thunder Rosa. Um, yeah, I, my, my, my major problem with, with, well, gear where where we had four matches involving, you know, temptations of of baby faces, uh, supposedly, and whether or not they will cheat or not. And and the problem is, three of them took away from the one on the main event, which was the main one that everybody was interested in. You had you had the Death Triangle and the Hammer. You had Keith Lee and Swerve. You had. Uh, Brit and Jamie, and then you had the MJF Regal stuff. And they're all pretty much the same story. And sure, a few of them ended differently than we thought they would. 
but they're still the same theme. And it's, it, it, it really is a indictment of the booking that you had that many stories with the same theme on the same card. I, I just, I, I can't, I still, that was my feeling coming out, coming out of the pay-per-view is that I, I, that I could not get over is how diminished the MJF one was because we've already seen three stories that had the same thing. Right. Um, and I mean, you know, to go to another one of those, the, the, the Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland one, I, I mean, we've talked about this on the show before. I think they had written themselves into a corner where, Keith Lee just needed to also commit here. It was cowardly to like, no, no, Lee's going to stay a baby face. They broke Billy Gunn's hands. <laughs> they broke his hands <laughs> so that he couldn't do a gesture. The line had been crossed. We had crossed the Rubicon. The, what was the final straw for Lee? Like, what was uh, Swerfing to use a chair? That was going to be too much? <laughs> yeah not breaking a guy's fingers no 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 and that was something that lee literally had weeks to think about like that occurred lee had time to think about it he apparently is fine with it because like it wasn't as though like he ever looked wistful in any way shape or form at billy gunn <laughs> no 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 i i think you're exactly correct on this uh i'm gonna get my other Kvetching out of the way so that I can praise the MJF uh, story because I really did like it. The elite are back. The elite are, let's face it, they're the click of 1993, but everybody likes them this time. Kenny Omega did a did an interview with Sports Illustrated where he just, hey, you know, Punk's just doing business. We're just doing business. Let's just move on. And then they start doing botched uh, buckshot lariats and biting spots to troll. And, okay, this show is a little more punk sympathetic than most. I won't say we're totally siding on him, but uh, the biting spot I'm fine with, the the, the failed, the, the making fun of him for the buckshot lariat stuff. <laughs> Part of Barbie thinks. No, here's my only thought with all of that as I'm watching that. Does it bother me? No, I'm not that big of a CM Punk fan. Uh, like I, I always kind of thought he was like a middling match, and you can go ahead of Cody on this. I like Punk as like a character. I think he's a strong act, but the match was never always the selling point for me. Um, I his whole point was that there are people who are in that organization <laughs> who behave like effing children and boy did those people make the case much stronger for him i don't know yes you were amused by the antics weren't you you you, you found them funny perhaps in, in a childish way maybe uh, uh, that, that, that what they were doing these grown men were doing a mocking thing and it was a funny thing haha -ha. um okay like cool but that was like punk's whole point um, and yeah. if, if you like that, that's cool. Then you're on their side and that's fine too. But like his whole point. And the GTS. And the GT, you, you know what? I was fine with using the GTS as a heat spot in Chicago. I was. I, I actually, I don't really care. I, none of the moves were like, this is an offense against the institution of wrestling for me. <laughs> like, like, I, like, I, 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 that was never a thought that went through my head at any point. Um, or like, how disrespectful to dear CM Punk. Uh, no, I, I don't. It's not that. It's just all, all I could think about was, 
Well, his whole point was, I work with effing children. I know because I edited together a segment on this. And, like, aren't these guys basically making the point for them? Especially as they go out and go, like, oh, we're just, you know, bury the hatchet. We're just moving on. Yeah, as you said, we're just doing business. Like, no, they're not. No, they're not. No, like, they're not. And and that, yeah. and that and I'm just like, oh, God, really? We're going to have these forever? Um, I'll tell you something, though, Chris. Uh, all of those and then also the MJF doing the Snow Angels spot afterwards. As a tribute, it, it, I I I think one of two things: either either you know what, door's not completely shut on Punk just yet. We're gonna let him heal a bit, or we have even more children because one's gonna be gonna continue to do uh, tribute spots to Punk, and the others are gonna do fu spots to Punk. <laughs> We're just gonna keep talking about Punk every week because somebody somewhere is gonna be talking about Punk on the show. It's actually kind of a a funny commentary on punk too that two of the biggest acts in the company are still basically commenting on this person with their performances yes well we we didn't really need him he wasn't really important to us also like check out all these songs that i'm writing about him it would would be hilarious to me if mjf walked because of the elite and what they did to Punk. But I don't think, I mean, that's that's a year or so down the road. But uh, yeah, that match was everything you thought it would be. They're doing best of seven. I don't mind that even, even though, look, this isn't my style between the two of them. Indie-rific, you know, lots of spots, lots of high spots. Keep running at a fast full speed and don't really have a cohesive thing going but, but, but if, little, if it gets ticket down, sales up, if it gets ticket sales down a little bit too o- yeah. over over time, and I for me that's made a more enjoyable experience. I saw people going like, "Look at this hyper choreographed stuff," and it was a sequence between I believe Nick and Phoenix, and I was watching it and going, "That's just that style being worked well." Yeah, I, had, I don't mind I, good choreography. I had no problem with it. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I don't, I don't mind it all the time. And look, if it's going to help them get their ticket sales up, good for them. I'm 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 happy about that. And, now we have uh we have the house of black back as well it looks like so but like i guess the other problem that is a, a recurring issue for me with like this show's presentation or whatever are these like heels who are obviously heels who are allowed to be cheered as baby faces yes they like, have that problem the elite come out and we have michael nakazawa brandon cutler and i always want to call him cyrus uh don don callis um and like these are like the accessories of a heel team still. Uh, and I, I just, I don't, I think there just needs to be more narrative discipline. Like the issue of for the same theme being for the, you know, being match styles or, or match formats or whatever. Like the, there are a number of narrative problems with this show. The work was not the issue here. No, not, not at all. And, uh, and 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 let's let's let me he- heap some praise on on uh, full year because while John Moxley's go home promo stunk, <laughs> the match with MJF I thought was uh pretty damn good, and I thought the uh, I thought the turn of of Regal was was pretty pretty great. I'm not sure they nailed the dismount on Dynamite. I thought I look, I liked the Brian Danielson promo. Uh, you know, it wasn't a, it wasn't a full on, Hey, let's, we're all going to go kill Regal. Now there's, there's some depth to it, which I like and can be explored, 
but uh, the actual, the actual, hey, MJF. It just sort of felt like they didn't know what they were doing with those three characters when they wrote the scene. Yeah. But uh, but the MJF getting the knuckles slid to him, knocking him out, that, that end of the story. Great piece of business, I thought. And also just, you know, the match itself was very, very good as well with MJF starting out kind of as a flaky baby face and Moxley playing full heel to that crowd. I mean, it, it was a... It was a very strong title match. I, it, it it's interesting to me, unfortunately, that MJF had to go uh, film part of this Von Erichs movie <laughs> on the first Dynamite afterwards. But it was also Thanksgiving Eve, and I assume that uh, I assume the ratings are are going to be fairly low because you know that those shows are very seldom watched. You know, and I pretty much only watched it in passing because I was on vacation. So, but yeah. you know, I, I'm going to be that guy. And once again, indict the crowd here a little bit because this match would have been so much more fun if MJF was trying to still convince this crowd that he was actually a good guy for the entirety of that match, finally wins them over. Um, like, like it essentially gets the crowd to turn on Moxley. Like, because the crowd was already there. Do you, against think the point, do you think that was the point? They just missed it? I I don't know that that was the point for okay. like like I I mean again I just I I think it would have just been a more fun story or like it I mean like that was maybe that was the point and they missed it um I think I mean it was stunning I was actually a little bit surprised in how completely they turned on Moxley so quickly yeah and like it did hurt sort of the regal thing. Cause like once regal comes down, you've been booing Moxie the whole match. You're happy when someone betrays him. Like, yeah. so, <laughs> so maybe you have a point, maybe you're right here. The crowd did dis did a disservice to the story that the company was trying to tell. Yeah. Maybe it was just a, maybe, you know, maybe it was just, they didn't uh, play, play the crowd correctly. Once they, once they found out how they're going to act and, you know, Maybe MJF wasn't strong enough in in trying to convince people he was a babyface at times. I don't know. Um, that'd be interesting. I mean, because because the because the whole thing he did at the scrum would indicate, ha ha, I fooled you all. And you're like, oh, not really. <laughs> we all kind of knew you were a heel. Uh, we're just kind of waiting for it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I guess the 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 that's the other. I mean, um, maybe another way of reading this is that the crowd was just way ahead of this story. That like. Yeah. They everyone was like oh regal's gonna betray moxley and then people were eager for it because they want to see mjf be champion um and they don't view moxley's title reign as some like essential thing and he's like not this he's respected but not beloved um and i don't know i i just i, I feel like all of that ended up hurting it, it hurt this match a little bit uh and I don't know who's who's who to lay the, the blame on uh, for that, to be completely honest. But it does it does seem to me to be a chair missing from the table. More praise for me. I did enjoy Jack Perry versus Luchasaurus. And I was kind of right. It's like, yeah, he's going to do something off that cage. Has to, to do a big move. But it uh, looked like everybody came through that fairly alive. Uh, I enjoyed I enjoyed the four way for the ROH World Championship. And uh, I, I really did enjoy sticking Darby versus Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. That that was everything I wanted it to be. It was just a pure, simple story with some with with some uh, stunts and crazy Sting and crazy Jeff Jarrett doing their their thing on that. The, the the only other match I really didn't like. I didn't like the ending of 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 the Samoa Joe Wardlow Hobbs 
three-way because I'm just so effing sick of, well, it's no DQ. Ergo, we have to let all this crap happen. And it's just, I, I wish we would rewrite these rules so that somebody could be DQ'd in a three-way. Because I'm just, I'm just kind of sick of the whole. I guess, or another way of doing this is that there's a penalty for interference. Yeah, um, like outside interference should be. It, it's like you can't, you as a participant can't get disqualified because of outside interference. But the person who does outside interference faces a real in-story penalty that is prohibitive. Yeah, so I'm, 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 even I'm, a heel person like like your heel tag team partner comes in and makes the save. Well, the next night on Dynamite, he is going. You know, like, like there will be a penalty match or some some something occurs that that is that at least explains away why wouldn't you just go and grab a steel chair and start bonking everyone over the head just like you do in the video game? Chris, what are we gonna do with Jade Cargo? <laughs> uh I don't know because it's really hard to find someone to have a good match with her uh yeah and what's the common I, I, denominator there <laughs> that's the thing uh i know because uh nyla uh w- w- was definitely trying coming into this i thought yeah. she did fantastic character work leading into all of this i don't view her as the problem um i think like jade's a fine act but she hasn't progressed or uh, like She's a fine act in the sense that, like, she has a look, she's got some catchphrases, she's got some charisma, uh, but she has not progressed in ring. She and, and Anna Jay, neither of whom have, have progressed in ring. No, but they gave her an aspirational title reign. And, and for yes. those of you who are critical of me when I said that a few months ago, please come back around now. Let's have another discussion about how much growth has occurred during this or if yes. this is a worthy title reign. It hasn't been. You know it. Um I I don't know what you do with her. Uh, I, I, I like, and, and just like swapping out the baddies or whatever, obviously isn't the answer to this question. Yes, that's right. Velvet, uh, Red Velvet has, has returned and Kira Hogan is, is gone. So we have uh, Red Velvet and Layla Gray <laughs> as, as, as Jade's baddies now, and who knows if this is going to be a process of elimination. Where we're and, going to and this also is yet another life. like heel character. Sorry to step on you like that. No, uh, you're this, fine. This is yet another heel character who is allowed to be cheered despite having all the accoutrements of an obvious heel. We bring our kid to every big match she has, and then we want people to boo her. No, that's not how you do it. <laughs> yeah, I, it, I. Make your heels hateable. Make us hate your heels. This company has... MJF was the one guy who people actually hated, and then they got him to the point where they don't even hate him. So, like, there's, like, really nobody who you can hate. And, like, whenever anyone starts doing good heel work, this crowd's so quick to be like, oh, they're doing a very good job, that, like, it really pulls the fun out of it. Uh, I need to be able to hate somebody. You probably watched more Dynamite than I did. I didn't get a lot in. Um, any thoughts on that or anything else from Full Gear? Um, okay, I know we have been very down on Jericho. I will say this about the main event. Working boots were on. Uh, look, the, the Jericho and yes. match was it was solid. It was really solid. Um, I, I just, I, he's never going to, like, Jericho's just never going to do it for me. But, like, just watching that, no, I, that was good. Um, the uh, other than that, uh, we we have more Death Triangle stuff. 
Ricky, St- Ethan Page, I'm like a little bit, or uh, no, R- Ethan Page, I'm a little bit confused by because I really like, I kind of think he should have won this. I think the intrigue, honestly, is Page going up against MJF um, instead of like the hyper injured Ricky Starks going up against MJF, in part because it does not seem like this crowd is ready to boo MJF yet. Like, Ricky Starks would actually be a just fine guy to ultimately go up against MJF. Um, and maybe you could get the crowd behind Starks in a meaningful way where he's the obvious babyface and MJF's the real heel. But doing it right now, even with, like, a taped-up DDP ribs, nah, that, that ain't going to do it. Yeah, why wouldn't you just go, hey, wait until I get to full strength until I can have a title shot. No, I'm going to go out there. That's just stupid baby face syndrome. It's it's it's. I'm gonna go out there and the hurt. crowd to not believe in you. Like, yeah. like it's it's the obvious. Like, uh, don't don't buy into me. But like, it's first challenger syndrome plus first challenger syndrome with injury, obvious injury. Yeah, it's like, oh, they're gonna cheer me for going out there hurt and 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 trying my best, but still losing. And they're gonna get the no. That has to be earned in match. Like that can't be earned before the match if you're going into the match hurt you're a dope <laughs> yeah well, I, yeah i, I, I it, it's interesting because they're trying to rebuild hobbs a little bit because i liked i liked the vignette i thought that was very good and they're trying to rebuild starks at the same time when the when the point was you probably shouldn't have torn them down in the first place it's it's just yeah it's very weird and and i and you would think with the uh with the firm story that, yeah, okay, now we got to do a payoff of that with Ethan Page winning this tournament to face MJF. Yeah, and I, I just, like, I don't know. I think that, that that is closer to where the crowd's at anyways. Got to do a little bit of a payoff to that storyline. I also just think you need to protect Ethan Page. It seemed like they were trying to build him up. Uh, you know, like, making him an also-ran in this tournament doesn't really do anything. Uh, if anything, company... I mean, I thought MJF really, especially like looking at the crowd reception against him against Moxley, like MJF probably needed to be turned babyface as well, um, and then have have guys like the firm going after him. I guess WWE is doing media scrums mm. now because I'm because I'm looking at I'm looking at clips of Sami Zayn and Paul Heyman doing a press conference. I guess Becky Lynch did a. Pre- oh my goodness, <laughs> they're actually going to copy the other group. Okay. Um, interesting. Uh, you know, I think it's it's interesting to see how WWE. It, this is like a sidebar because it's not really related to any show. How WWE has been quietly tweaking the product. So, like Michael Cole this week on commentary to me really stood out with how much we've talked about the history lessons before, but like he's really going into it now. Like, like that is a clear green light. Tell people what these you know what what these companies are all about during War Games tonight. Uh, I mean, he was talking about without necessarily saying new Japan talking about the history of the bullet club um, in, in as kind of an on the nose way as you've ever heard on WWE television. Right. I even think like the advertisements in, in that stuff have been different. And then, yeah, like they're getting, this is not actually the first time that they've ever done scrums. Um, I know this because I used to catch yeah. back in the day. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I know that they, they have done this. And it would have been right at the launch of the network. So this might have been actually a holdover, like an old Levesque. No, I remember one that, yeah, too. I remember a couple they did, like they had the shield on one and they didn't say anything the whole time. And then they had the Wyatts come in. I, I, yeah, I remember scrums a few years ago and then they scrapped them 
because right. people because they were getting over. I guess I don't know. I mean, no, I, I mean, like you know, to to this point, um, you know, I wouldn't. I don't know if they're gonna do it, but like it wouldn't shock me, shock me if they brought back like you know, talking raw again and like brought it back as like the show it was when it was good and actually like a thing to watch yeah now now it's just a piece of business on the network i guess but yeah uh any other aew thoughts before we close the bag on that i don't think so um i mean we sort of nailed it or we already talked about with regal i just want more like this betrayal was the sort of whole like will he or won't he story there and I just didn't feel like we got enough payoff from Regal here. Like this, yeah. we really should have gotten the, you know, the Kaiser Soze moment here. On it, well, it, it felt like, okay, well, we know this is the day before Thanksgiving and ratings are going to be low. So we need to find a way to push it off for a week. And you're like, okay, then why do it then? <laughs> right. Like, I, I mean, honestly, have the whole storyline be just Moxley and Danielson at the arena. They think Regal's going to be there and he's not there. And he's not. Play. Yes. Just, just don't even have him on the TV the entire time. Yeah. No, he didn't show up because MJF's not here. And that becomes, well, what becomes of us? And they're all kind of having a, a weird esoteric moment where are we still the Blackpool combat club, even though our leader's no longer here. Uh, and you Include know, Yuda in it. Yes, yeah. Yuda, that's what I was about to get to. Yuda's obviously the interesting point of tension here, not remotely addressed. Uh, I, I mean, did we need Orange Cassidy versus Jake Hager? Could we have maybe like addressed some of these other narrative? Points? I will defend that. I will defend this, even though. <laughs> well, the, the other All problem right. was it. The other All problem right. was it came. It came at such a poor moment because it came at the moment where it's just like. Okay, now we're getting this comedy match as opposed to having some emotional resonance. But Hager has gotten this this stupid hat over, <laughs> and I enjoyed the match. I actually like Jake Hager for what he is as opposed to what he could, should be, which is just an absolute killer in and out of the ring all the time. Now he's just kind of a big dumb galoot. And I kind of like it. <laughs> it's probably the best use for, for Jake Hager after doing like, I mean, they, they tried doing the MMA matches and it was fun to watch him do all that stuff, but he's never going to get over as a beast in AEW. So let's just make him kind of big, dumb comic relief. I know. And it's like, it's unfortunate because they now have a champion, like the, the young undersized champion who would actually be perfect for a guy like, you know, yeah. Like, the Hagers and the Wardlows of the world to go after him. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah, uh, no, it's uh, I he I think he's miscast, but you know, okay, I I'll accept your in defense of. I just I don't know, man. I I think uh, was certainly with key stories or whatever. It's more important to me. Uh, in the Fallout episode after a pay per view to you know, set the table again. Um, oh yeah, I, yeah. I, I I agree there. And but yeah, and this was a lot of table saying. Hey, it was nice to get FTR on a friggin' show this week. Gee, good on y'all. He only they only hold three tag belts. I know. Like, like, yeah, like, and they 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 talk. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat. Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket. Outsourcing business tasks you hate. What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. 
all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Talked a little bit of business about having a match on Rampage. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, okay, so we'll, we'll end AEW there. Chris, tell the people about HelloFresh. All right. All right. You've been waiting for it, and I've been waiting for it. I've been waiting. I, ha- I haven't been waiting for it, but please go ahead. Yeah, no, you you act. Stop that. <laughs> when you're like that, I can't flow. This is effective November 21st, 2022. What is HelloFresh? With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh, pre portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. The holidays are just around the corner. Look to your left, to your right, behind you. Here they come once again, the holidays. And HelloFresh makes this busy time of year easier than ever with chef-crafted recipes and pre-portioned ingredients delivered right to your door so that you can spend less time meal planning and prepping. As your calendar starts to fill up this season, and it will, you have lots of friends, you have family. You can count on HelloFresh to get you some of your free time back by making cooking simple and quick. Each recipe and pre-portioned ingredient comes right to your door so you can skip the grocery store and a lot of the prep. Jeffrey, Mm. are you there? I'm here. I'm listening. Hey, do do you remember the time (laughs) back when it was like january perhaps they we had food yes i haven't eaten since (laughs) but when we had that food it was from hello fresh yes it was quite good yeah it was nutritious i told myself it would never run out it did but i enjoyed it while it was here and now you're eating nothing but cat food not even that the cats need that <laughs> you know what? let's not talk about what i'm on okay if you're interested in hellofresh <laughs> go to hellofresh.com slash v-o-w 70 oh my <sighs> we've had people in the past we have had <laughs> other numbers we have had lower numbers 65 i believe we had 60, yeah 65 there was 16 like, yes yeah, yeah. it was now 16 we've never hit 70 before Okay. Okay. So, what's the code? What's the code? You yeah, use seventy. No, I, I'm going to say it. Okay. This this is my promo. Gotcha. I this is my promo code. I, I apologize. This is no promo code. Don't okay. take this from me. I, I have so much. I they, everyone's taking everything. Leave me this. Go to hellofresh.com/vow70 and use code vow70 for seventy percent off plus free shipping. That that's right. Shipping is free, and you get 70% off. HelloFresh.com slash VOW70. Use code 70 for 70% off plus free shipping. HelloFresh. 
America's number one meal kit. Tremendous. All right. What now? What would you? Uh, well, we we could go to Survivor Series. I'll I'll yeah. give you a little respite. If you have anything NXT you want to say right now, now's the time to say it because I just don't want to talk about it after Survivor Series. Um. Okay. Like let, let me. I I forgot to even grab NXT results. Don't don't worry I, about. It. There wasn't that much. No, that it was it was obviously a resonant moment in my life. Um. <laughs> Let, let, let me, I didn't let me, watch it, Chris. It doesn't matter. I actually did watch oh, it. Oh, did you? I, did, I, did I heard Kiana watch. James was all over this show, which makes me very interested in her. Yes. <laughs> I'm following her secretary on Instagram, and she's tremendous. <laughs> I Okay. Um, here is the, the one thing I, I, I will say. Uh, it, it's Thea Hale, right? I don't remember if she was like Thea. Trendy. Yeah, Thea Hale. Um, she's hilarious. She's uh, great. She, she continues to be really, really funny. Like, like uh, she had another like screaming moment this week. Like, she, she, she's just very, very funny. Um, and then, un unintentionally funny was this Reggie debut. Scripts. <laughs> My God, uh, they put Reggie in a mask as a stalker. In a horrible mask at that. Yes, he doesn't look cool in the slightest. That, that doesn't exactly hide who he is. Hey, that's Reggie. I know right. that guy. I, I, he used to be a sommelier. I guess. I guess he didn't. I. I don't know if he's cut the hair or whatever. But I. I assumed the kind of baggy mask was just he didn't want to actually cut the hair for this. Um, <laughs> but like, dude. I mean, you, you know, especially after being Reggie the sommelier. You no, know, you're gonna need to do a reboot if you're gonna kind of get this thing off the ground. Uh, and I. Why does he want to burn down NXT? I don't know. I mean, he was a Samoye. I mean, he, he was on the main roster quick. What? What? I, I, what I guess the, my other issue here is like, is Guraj really like? I mean, the the other issue, and I think somebody, I think Booker T brought this up on commentary or something like that. Uh, uh, Booker T had a great night, by the way, too, on NXT, uh, where where he had no idea who the guy was who attacked Braun Breaker. Uh, when, when Dijak attacked him, he's like, "Who's that?" <laughs> like, like, but I, I, okay, I, I'm, this is the one point I had for this. I actually like this Rob Halford looking Dijak. I, oh, I think this is a great, awesome. This Man, is a great, great, great repackaging of him. I agree. I, I, the, the, on on that, I, I mean, look, he's looks Dijak. like a million bucks. He's I not, mean, I'm, he's not Dijakovic anymore. Yeah, he's Dijak. I no, would bring him up now as like theories heater if you wanted to really do something with him as opposed to keeping him at nxt and kind of weaken him i mean we all know the guy can work but man i dusters look cool on tall guys and it looks great on him so yeah i love this yeah no um i i, I thought this was good um booker t continues to be a real problem on this show i guess we're done with Saul ruka um zoe zoe stark just sort of like uh defeats ruka and yeah, this this was not a strong show. Um, I, I'm with you on this. Uh, Keanu James, as you did mention, uh, more present on this show than you might expect. <laughs> um, why? <laughs> it only it only furthers she is a bad wrestler and not even an interesting character. <laughs> no, I, I mean that's porno secretary is a hell of a gimmick. That's all I'm gonna say. I. 
don't understand. She wears glasses. That's her gift. This is a show where sometimes, it, especially episode to episode, you're like, w- did anyone think about like what this looks like as a total card? Because it like it just reads like crap when you go match to match on it. Um, I, you know, I, I think uh, every week where Diamond Mind isn't kind of like featured in a segment is a weak week on NXT right now. Well, I'll agree with that. I'm, I'm good with that. And pretty deadly as well. I think, you know, you, you can have them on there, but if they're not featured, then, then it's a weak show. And those are the two biggest personalities on the show are the Creed hey. Brothers and, and Pretty Deadly to me. And Carmelo and Wesley was fine, except that Booker T just chewed too much scenery during the entire season. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. There, there are days where, where Booker T, you can just feel they, that somebody gave him a stage note of show more energy, and then it just becomes overwhelming with his energy where he's just like, and that's what I'm talking about, right? Th-, you know, that kind of crap. And you're just like, God, Booker, you know, calm down here. Watch the product occasionally. Yeah, yeah, no. It's, uh, it's... So then let's move on to Survivor Series. Overall, a really good card, I thought. Um, Well executed in terms of the stories they wanted to tell. I think they got through those as well. Just one one tremendously weak, weak spot, and we'll get to that in, in a moment. But uh, let's, let's uh, because we it's fresh in our minds. Let's uh, let's go through this one by one. Starting off with the women's war games match. Uh you know, everybody's talking about how sloppy this was. I'm I was fine with it. I thought it was a pretty damn good match, and especially I, I know a lot of people. You know, after the match, they're talking about who looked great and who did this, who did that. Uh, I'm going to give a shout out to Dakota Kai in this match because she killed herself for some of these women to make them look like the killers that you wanted them to be on the babyface side. I, I thought she did quite well. I thought Nikki Cross did okay for herself after having a tremendously cringe character. And of course, Rhea Ripley is just being booked so well that it's hard not to come off well in that match. Um, I, I liked, uh, I liked how they took her out of the match with the mist too. I thought that was clever. I, I thought everything about this match was fairly clever. And I thought there wasn't really a weak link in this match, to be honest with you. I mean, anybody you thought, you know, would be, wasn't Alexa bliss didn't do anything that really, you know, detracted from the match either. I mean, she was pretty good in the spot she was in, took some bumps that you'd go, Oh my God, for a woman of her size. Uh, your thoughts on the women's war games match? I thought it settled in nicely. Look, uh, these matches are always a little bit draggy to me before the match officially the, begins. And the plunder drags it down, too. I got to be honest yeah. with you. I'm not a fan of plunder. I like that they brought back five on five for the war games. I think that was smart. Um, I don't see. I, I like. I, I want the war games to feel like a war games rather than it's a match in a cage for a while, you know? And and the plunder kind of does that, but at the same time, it just feels like it feels like it's uh window dressing. Where whereas you know, I I remember I was a little frustrated watching uh, Dakota and who started off for them. It was it was Bianca. I was like, stop doing a wrestling match and just beat each other up. It's the war games. But I, I get think they that... need a fewer fewer pieces of plunder. Two or yeah, three I would important agree. Chekhov's guns that are going to be yes. important spots in the the progression of the actual match that are brought in by the fifth competitor. So yeah, like, yeah, because we had like four kendo sticks, three trash can lids. 
couple of tables, which I thought I liked. I liked like the pinning Bianca against the cage with the table. I thought that was. A I I, spot. I don't like the parts when it becomes the ladders like, when it becomes like sharks versus jets though, and everyone has yes. kind of sticks or whatever. I, yeah. I that, that's always cheesy to me. I, I agree. I agree with that. Yeah. Um. All right. Yeah. That was my thought on that. Um. I mean, honestly, the the only real low light of the show, if you want to talk about that, for me was Ronda and Shane. Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah, Ronda and Chotzi. I just this this was not good. This wasn't good. Ronda just decides. I mean, Shotzi's starting to get over, and she's starting to do these her crazy things, and she, you know, she's gonna do some high spots and whatnot. And Ronda literally just decides, I'm not gonna take this DDT from the apron to the floor. So she lets Shotzi look bad. And then she tumbles to the floor afterwards. Shayna's out here dying because Shotzi's just killing her with all these dives and stuff. But this this match was bad from the beginning because in the lead up to it on the bump, Shotzi comes on there. She goes, she's she's dedicating this match to her to her dead father. And I'm like, you're gonna have your baby face dedicate this match to a dead relative and then lose. Somebody needs to step in right now and go, no, no, no. We don't want to do that. We d- we don't want to have a baby face dedicate this to a dead relative and then come out and get clowned by Ronda Rousey, who still doesn't have gear that fits after three years, which is ridiculous. Buy- you used to be a combat sport veteran. Buy some gear that actually moves with your body. Please, instead of always having to adjust it during the match. But yes, this was this was bad. It was bad because Rondo just wouldn't cooperate with Shotzi a little bit. And Shotzi's, you know, Shotzi's a high spot person. And that's, you know, she she's into the plunder and everything like that. She probably should have been in the war games instead. I gotta be honest with you. That's where, I mean, that's where it seems like she someone like her would fit, but Instead, they decide to sacrifice her on the altar of Shayna and Rhonda, who are coming off as terrible personalities in their promos as well. I just, yeah, nothing about this match worked and nothing about the lead up to this match worked for me. No, and Rhonda's just a very boring act right now in the ring. And, yeah. and honestly, on the like, it's, it's just a boring act. Do they... I think they have to pull a... a they have to They have to call an audible here. Because I think the plan is still Becky versus Ronda to headline one night of Mania. I just, I just don't see Ronda as a headlining act. I gotta be honest with you. I don't. I, I just, she's not showing that she can do an interesting ten to fifteen minute match. Yeah. Not with uh, uh, Liv. Not with Shotzi. She's only as interesting as the people they put up against her. That's that's her that's her downside. No, it, she, she's not a champion who elevates the other people she's in the ring with. Correct, correct. No, that that that's. I just I come, they're talking about the dead father here, and she's playing with which which ankle do you want me to break? I'm just like she's just clowning them. Is this really how you want to honor a dead relative? Okay. The only thing would have made it better if she was looking up to the sky and saying it to dad directly. <laughs> <laughs> or if or if Ronda, the left one. you know what it would have worked if Rhonda had used it as if Rhonda had used it as oh you know as kind of heat at the same time during the match I think that what might have worked a little bit 
Yeah, but then that would have necessitated Ronda having to sell a serious babyface fire comeback from Shotzi that would have actually connected Shotzi with the crowd. <laughs> yeah, we don't want that. No, that would have been inconvenient for Ronda. She didn't want to do that. That didn't work for her, brother. <laughs> that doesn't work for me, brother. At this time, uh, I thought AJ Styles and Finn Balor was solid. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. No, uh, that was not a match where this doesn't work for me, brother, was a phrase being uttered <laughs> by other any competitors. I thought this was, this was a fine match. I like uh, Finn Balor's remixed theme to uh, the Judgment Deified version of uh, Finn Balor's theme. I think it's a nice touch. Yeah, this is kind of like the match. I, I found out, I did not know this, Sean Ross Sapp, our friend here. Uh, AJ Styles had won a pay-per-view match since in three years. Wow. You want to know, you want to know the last person he beat on a pay per view? Roman Reigns. Dimples. Dimples. Dimples Carrillo. Dimples Carrillo, yeah. Wow. In 2019. <laughs> I remember that feud. <laughs> Who doesn't? Uh, Austin Theory, Seth Rollins, and Bobby Lashley. I thought the end sucked because yeah. it wasn't much of a spear. It looked almost like a roll up. It was just, it was so anticlimactic. And I, okay, so you have Austin Theory blow his money in the bank briefcase only to get a triple threat match to then win the title. Okay. I guess. And all along. Yeah, I I guess. I just, it was, the match itself was pretty good, I thought. Uh, Seth and Austin work really well together, and Seth and Bobby work really well together, I think. But, uh, you know, it was it was like you know, you two dance and then you two dance and then we'll do some three person spots here and there. It was pretty good. <laughs> the curb stomp set that I thought was preposterous, where he jumps off of Lashley's back to do it. I know it was supposed to be uh, more spectacular than it was, but you know, it looked like he was walking on the back of crocodiles and then doing it a little bit. But uh, it it wasn't offensive to me, and I guess this is how they're gonna get theory over now, but. You know, giving Seth that you know short reign, I don't know. I, I you know, I it's 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 so weird because this is the only title that matters on Raw in terms of singles titles because Roman's gonna still be carrying both belts. So it's it's interesting to play hot potato with this title, and I, I think uh, I think Raw ratings will suffer because of it. To be honest with you. Oh, that's interesting. I I don't know that people are that invested in it, but no, I'm not, I'm not, in, not in this. But I mean, no. in that there's no singles title to really watch on the show. Yeah, no, I I, I totally do get what you're saying here, which is that theory is going to be a boring champion. Um, yes, I, I don't just because you put a belt on the man doesn't make him interesting now. Yeah, and it's weird because I like the I like the edge they're giving to him, but he's still not that interesting of a promo. No. Yeah. And he's like, he's not a bad match, but he's not that interesting of a match either. Now let's like, talk about something that is interesting. You know who he reminds me of? Yeah. Billy Gunn. You know, I find him more interesting than Billy Gunn. I'm with you on this, but like, it's like the same limitations, only like a more interesting package. Just that he's good looking and he's tall. Um, And the athletic thing, uh, yeah. like Billy, Billy Gunn, is, you know, was good in terms of like move and move execution. I mean, you know, like that's. I would, of... I would more compare him to Dolph Ziggler. Okay, that's that's an that's a, that's another fine comp too. Sure. Although I like, although I like Dolph a lot, and he's done some interesting things, and just never connected with him. That's my fear is that they're gonna do a bunch of repackages of Austin Theory, and they're never gonna find one that works. Yeah. Yeah. 
But let's talk about something interesting then. This this uh, bloodline versus brawling brutes, Drew McIntyre and Kevin Owens war games match, and the promo before the match. And you brought this up when we were talking before the show. And, and... SmackDown promo too. This this is like a three beat scene. Yeah, this was great. Uh, go ahead and describe it. Okay, so if you didn't see SmackDown. On SmackDown, there is a moment where Zayn is confronted by Owens and Owens and Zayn talk. And Owens is basically like, these guys are going to stab you in the back. You need to stab them in the back before they stab you in the back, dude. That's what's ultimately going to happen to you. And Zayn's listening to Owens. And Jay Uso is behind the door. And like, we can see him like it, we, we are able to see him, but but Zayn can't see him. Zayn can't see him, but I am convinced Kevin Owens saw him. I, I was thinking that too. And um, that he's setting up, he was actually setting up Zane. That that no was way. what I was thinking. You know, I, I, I had that thought too, that like, Owen, I mean, how could Owens not see that the door was ajar, right? And see well, him through the little window pane in the door as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I, I had that thought too. And then like, and basically he was like kind of trying to okie doke Zane here and you know, he got Zane to trouble because Zane lies to Jay Uso, and which was good. Which was everybody was just great. went, "Oh, <laughs> I, man!" I, I mean, this is it, you know, it's a tale of two crowds, right? Because like the crowd, okay, like the crowd's a little too into like Sammy Uso being like super loyal to the bloodline or whatever, but like the crowd's very like like the crowd's not going to let the story like you know fall off a cliff or anything like that. And yeah, I, I enjoyed the the audible gas from the audience when when Zayn like lied to Jey Uso um and so then we get this follow-up here where like Jay is at this is before the match here tonight Jay wants Roman to talk to Sammy about what happened on uh Friday and Sammy goes and meets with Roman and what what I was really like goo goo gaga over is just that like Instead of him acting like no, nothing happened, doubling down the lie, he completely comes clean. Yes, in this like still colored, angled sort of way, but like everything he says is factually true. It is. Yes, he said he basically he basically tells Roman, "I trust you enough to say, hey, yeah, I lied to Jay because Jay doesn't like me." Yep, I loved that. I I I watched that in wonderment because I'm just like. Yeah, you probably do that in real life. If he, if he had lied to Roman, I kind of went, okay. I mean, but it was it was such a weird, cool story beat, and I loved it. I know it was great, and then it created it created a really intriguing will he or won't he angle where you could plausibly see this playing out in both directions at this point, because it was almost too neat to the point where if Sammy had decided to stab Roman in the back. It would have been perfect. Um, and, and it would have been really interesting in part because the scene ends with Roman hugging Sammy and the eyes are open. Like he's going to stab Sammy in the back here. Sammy has made the wrong choice. Uh, I, I like, I enjoyed this a lot. Uh, and then we, we cut to the match here with the betrayal of Owens and he sets up Jay and he gets the big hug and everything like this. And we still have, you know, Roman's eyes at the end of scene two, which means that like, no, ultimately this ends badly for Sammy. At the end of the day, they're going to sell this guy down the river so hard. Um, but he's now made his bed and he's now sealed his fate. I love this. This this is a lot of fun. 
No, I I absolutely uh, it I it was being laid on a little bit thick, arguing mid match. I I that was I was starting to go okay. They're gonna go too big on this. They're gonna go too big on this. But I thought it hit the right the right amount of of drama. Like when 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 he doesn't pull Kevin off of Roman, when he just instead stops the referee from counting, and the eyes met. And, you know, just everything in that whole, you know, we, I thought Roman was actually going to be out for the entire sequence and not see what Sammy did and then wake up and go, you know, okay, Sammy blew it or whatever. Instead of being the hero, he wouldn't have seen any of that. But oh, I, I liked, I know, I, I think it was important because it, it, Sammy had to gradually sell his soul here. Right. Yes. So he had to, he couldn't hit Owens yet. But he needed to stop the match because he's actually truly loyal to the bloodline because he's a dope. Um, and so that's why he pulls the referee's arm. Uh, I, I like, no, it, it was, that was brilliantly blocked in my opinion. Uh, it was, it was really that. I, it, my favorite it was part. A fun match. It, was, it was a fun match. My favorite part is the reconciliation of Sammy and, and Jay. Yes. After the oh. soup, after the super kick spot, and he's just telling Jimmy, you know, F that guy. We got a match to win or whatever. And Jimmy's like, no, man, he's our teammate. We got to get him up. And then just the whole, hey, I'm going to look at when he looks at Roman, gets up, does the Haluva kick on, on, on Kevin, and just points at him. Jay and, and Jay's just kind of looking and like, okay, yeah, I'm going to get the glory here. He's giving it to me. And there's a weird moment after after the pinfall where the only one standing tall at that moment is Sami Zayn. And he's standing over everybody. And I kind of didn't want him to be the goof. I kind of wanted him to be empowered after that. Like, I, at this moment, I am a god. Yeah, this, this entire situation is my manipulation. I am yes. a master manipulator. I was kind of hoping for that. I don't mind we didn't get that because the hug between him and Roman and and then Jay just absolutely going nuts hugging the guy was such a cool little thing. Oh, I also liked in the the moment after part of Sammy's like stomach, like clearly like his internals are telling him I've done the wrong thing here. I've done the I've done the effing wrong thing here. And that is all brushed away by Jay's elation. Like Jay has finally forgiven him and he the crisis of conscience is swept away by what appears to be success. Yeah. I would really like a character pivot on Sammy though, right now after, after this, like, okay, I don't need to be needy anymore. Now I'm confident Sammy Zane. And, and that's when Roman starts to get the feeling, Oh crap, I've created a monster and I need to stop this within my own family. Uh, I want to give a little bit more credit as well to uh, the fifth member of the blow. I thought solo Sokoa, coming off as badass assassin in this in this match was fantastic as well. <laughs> He's just screw it. I'm taking on the biggest guy in this match at all times. And that he was him. He slotted in really, really nicely into this this storyline. Like he's he doesn't ever feel lost as a character or anything like that. He he very much feels like the fifth part. Yeah, I, I liked that. I liked uh, I even liked uh, the the whole it was a little, uh, it was a little melodramatic, but I liked to. Uh, I liked the whole Jimmy's gonna go to the ring, and then Roman stops him and points at Sammy, and Sammy's just kind of like, "Huh, 
okay. <laughs> oh no, that that was another nice little beat in this story where yeah. it's trial by ordeal, where like Roman wants to see what Jay and Sammy will do. Yeah. Um, because part of this is that Roman does not fully trust Jay right now either. Yeah. I was hoping that Sammy was going to be first in this match to have to prove his loyalty. And then Jay would be the one having to be said, but I like the way this turned out. I thought this was great. And uh, yeah. And on the baby face side, look, I, I don't, the only weak link here is really Ridge Holland. Cause everybody else here was just there to sell for the bloodline. And I thought everybody did, did a tremendous job. I thought, I thought, uh, the former Pete Dunn, now Butch, really acclimated himself well in that first five minutes as a killer again. And the small joint manipulation thing really helped him a lot here. I, I uh, God, I wish he'd go back to being Pete Dunn. <laughs> I know, I know. Like, Meechin is like a one-week thing, but we're stuck with Butch forever, it seems like. And we'll never see Slapjack again. Because Butch is over. It, it is. The, the yeah, name yeah. and the character are over. It's and... Sick. And, a, and, and, you know, Rich Holland didn't kill anybody. That's, that's a low bar to set, but at the same time, he's, he's the weak link in this. But, uh, yeah, I thought everybody killed themselves uh, for our entertainment pleasure. And I thought uh, I thought the storyline beats. <laughs> the funny thing with Jay and or, – or not Jay, but Jimmy and, and Sammy trying to hold each other up when they're doing the, the, uh, the lineup spot when the war games begins. I thought that was great also. I just – yeah, everybody's exhausted except Roman, who just comes in and is like, yeah, man, let's start this fight now. Yeah, Roman Q, Roman has really... Look, the, the, the whole heel character was over, over, overbearing for the first year and a half. But, but this last half a year, year or so, he's really shown some range and really shown he can, he can sink his teeth into a heel role. Yeah, and like I, I like that this heel character also has a clear flaw, which is its ego. That Roman's overconfidence that he can like see everything and that like he yeah. he leaves the table or whatever. Like that's his. I'm the real heel. puppet master here, not any. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Him. Like I, I think they've done a nice job exhibiting that that's like an Achilles heel, and I, I, I hope that ultimately what what wraps up the storyline is Roman's brought down by his own ego. I, w- oh. I was going to ask you something because because we were mentioning about the look that he gave Sammy. I, I was wondering, uh, did you catch this? And I was wondering if I was out of line or just seeing things or not wondering. Uh, during the women's match in the aftermath of that celebration, did you see Alexa kind of throwing shade at the other women? Oh, I, I, did, I didn't catch that. Um, I wasn't sure if I... I, also, if, if, I, I just didn't catch it. I wasn't sure if that was a uh, character or uh could hide contempt type of thing. I wasn't sure about that. So listeners, yeah. you can let me know if I'm, if I'm off base about that, if, if uh, you rewatch and, and take a look, but it looked like it looked like there are times where Alexa was just kind of scowling and then would hide it with a smile. And you're like, okay, what's going on there? But um, yeah, so we, but yeah, this was uh Look, this was a story match. This wasn't a work rate match. Nobody's going to give this five stars necessarily for for the work in it, but the storytelling I thought was exemplary. Yeah, I I agree. Um, I I I thought, yeah, this is a story match. Um, and I thought the stories were good. Yeah, and and you know the story match in AEW was good as well. So, 
going into this last month where it's kind of silly season until they decide to reboot and uh, do, you know, the road to WrestleMania starts with the Royal Rumble, which I assume we're going to have either Rhea and Bianca at the Rumble or, yeah, I would assume that, and then Becky versus, I mean, if they're still going to do the title unification, Becky probably has to win the Rumble. And or she has to beat Bianca at Elimination Chamber or something. We still have to get Charlotte in this mix, and who knows if Sasha Banks is going to be around. So uh, women's division, very interesting. Men's division, a little bit more straightforward. I think Cody wins at Rumble, challenges Roman, and wins. So we'll see. Yeah, and that that would be that would be a good storyline. Um, that Roman underestimates Cody. Oh, I uh, loved Kevin Owens' shirt today too. I need I need to get me one of those. I oh, I also enjoyed when Kevin Owens uh, referenced Steve Austin by saying, I ain't finished with you, not by a long shot. <laughs> I, I was like, that's that's a good Austinism. I haven't heard that one in so, some time. That's a good one. Yeah, I, I liked that as well. But uh, yeah, we, we gave high praise to uh, both shows. I think um, I think both shows are in good shape going into December. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how they uh, decide to go into the new year, whether or not they rest on their laurels or they continue to... Uh, they continue to try to innovate before the beginning of the year. But uh, thanks to HelloFresh, use code POW70. Yes. 70. And what do they get with that, Chris? They get 70% off plus free shipping. There we go. And follow me at CrapGame13 on the Twitterverse. I am part of uh, also the Dynamite Show, patreon.com slash fight game media for five bucks a month you can get my hot takes on dynamite i did not record this week as i was on vacation but i will be there this wednesday that's all the plugs for me chris also has some plugs here they are uh if you want to follow me on instagram you can go to instagram.com slash doctor d-o-c-t-o-r underscore nov n-o-v dr nov on instagram uh, the Twitter account is uh, going to be defunct here very, very soon. Uh, so, yeah, go and follow me there. And, uh, yeah, if you're interested in guitar lessons or whatever, hit me up. See you next week. Cheering at pro wrestling shows in Japan is back. And 2023 is already shaping up to be a big year in the history of pro res. That's why you should listen to the Emerald Flow Show. From the Royal Road to the Green Mat, Paul and Gerard take you into the world of all Japan pro wrestling and pro wrestling NOAA. Not only do we analyze events, but we examine business, who is getting over, what angles are working, or not. Occasionally, we take a look at other Japanese promotions like DDT and Zero One. So if you're looking for more coverage of the world of Japanese wrestling, check out the Emerald Flow Show on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network, available on all of your favorite podcast apps.